Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening Colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea, named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017. That was Ray Charles with the brilliant Mess Around. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss here on Jazz FM. Thank you very much for joining. Jazz Shapers is where you get to hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul alongside their equivalents in the world of business. Business giants, no less. And my business giants, and we call them shapers as well. Today, I'm very pleased to say, is Dean Richmond. He's the founder and managing director of Pet Family. And Pet Family is the holding company for a huge empire spanning the world of Pets Corner, uh, amongst many other businesses. Dogwood, Doodly Dogs, Great and Small Green Acres. It goes on and on. You're going to be hearing all about how Dean has built this phenomenal business up from just a couple of stores way back when. In addition to hearing from Dean, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Michigan Direct some words of advice for your business and as well as all of that of course we've got some brilliant music from the shapers of jazz blues and soul including new blues from robert cray old classic from louis armstrong and this from joyce moreno O meu peão ele só roda com a ponteira, com a ponteirinha rasteirinha pelo chão. O meu peão. That was Joyce Moreno, one of the Brazilian greats, with, and I hope I say this properly, Mio Piau. Dean Richmond is my business shape today as I build earlier. Founder and managing director of Pet Family. Um, you'll probably have heard of Pets Corner. There are over 150 stores, but there's much more to this business and this man in front of me. Hello, and thank you for joining. Hello. How are you doing? Um, I'm okay. A little bit jaded after a, a busy martini night last night. <laughs> it's, only, it's the best way to, to prepare for Jazz Shapers, I think. You think? Tell me, Dean, um, your, you took over um, this, your, your family business way back when. You were a very a young man, I imagine. I, I joined just after leaving school. Yeah. I went to a college and lasted six months there, hated it, left. And at the time, I was making bird feeders in my bedroom and bagging hay and sawdust and that was going to be my business and I couldn't um I couldn't drive so I was delivering my bird feeders on my bike and um there was a vacancy in one of dad's shops and uh, he needed me to come and work um I needed someone to come and work and I needed some money and I needed to learn to drive so I thought oh, I'll go and do that get some money behind me get a car and then I can set up my my business and after about a week I realized I loved it and um here I am now, never left. What did you love about it a week in? Because how old were you at the time? I was 16. 16 years mm. old. And your dad had how many, uh, mum, dad, how many Two shops? stores. Two, right. And so they're over in Haywards Heath, I one, think. Yeah, Haywards Heath and, and Hove. And, Hove. and uh, I started at the Haywards Heath store. Yeah. And um, just, you know, loved dealing with customers, loved the selling aspect. Um, but the business was, um, wasn't very customer focused in those days. And uh, I sort of came in and shook things up a bit started presenting products better, started looking after customers. 
Uh, you know, my dad was almost the Basil Fawlty of the pet world. <laughs> he, 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 uh, he didn't like customers very much. They were, Keep they, away. They were an inconvenience. They were inconvenience, that's yes. right. I like my stock, I like animals, but I don't like those people. Absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, at that point, it wasn't um, uncommon, I imagine, that a family, you know, family business, I came from a, a retail business as well, um, and a couple of stores is a lot. I mean, that is, you know, that was the normal, the, the norm. At what point um, in your in your time there did you go, hold on a minute, I, I can run this, I want to do something, I want to expand? How quickly did that happen? Well, it's, it's, people always ask me this, and, and I've never really sort of have a, had a plan of saying, right, in 10 years' time I'm going to be at X. It, it's always been, let's just do the best we can today and see where we are tomorrow, which I know probably a lot of people think is a bit daft, but just try and do the best every day and things grow and things happen. I mean, I put I am more strategic now. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was very much... Um, I worked the Hayward Teeth store. Um, then I went to work in the Hove store because the manager of Hayward Teeth didn't like me <laughs> because I was so bossy and asking us to be nice to customers. Um, and then eventually persuaded my dad to open a third store uh, in Brighton, which is still our, one of our top stores. And that's where I, I then managed that store and I then could effectively run the store how I wanted it to be run and that's where the pet corner that is today sort of emerged so the, the presentation standards the customer service standards all come from my time there Stowed me to find out how Dean Richmond took the standards of one store in Brighton to um, an empire of over 150 stores and related businesses um, he's got a good story I can tell time for some more music this is Robert Cray and High Rhythm with the same love that made me laugh your love is like a chunk of gold Robert Cray and High Rhythm with the same love that made me laugh. Dean Richmond is my business shaper today, founder and managing director of uh, Pet Family, the business that over over spans uh, over many, many businesses, but the big one is Pets Corner, and um, there's over 150 stores on that part of the business. And we were talking about store number three, Dean, in Brighton. And as you said, the, the kind of the beginnings of Pets Corner was really that, because that's where you created, you were managing it, you created the standards that you want to put in place. When you started doing that, having it was your first store that you'd managed, but you'd obviously been in the business, what were the two or three things that you did that worked, and are they still working for the business now? Um, yeah, the, a lot of what we did then, we do now. Um, animal welfare was a big thing that I changed. Um, we, every animal we sold came with a birth certificate, which documented where the animal came from and where it went to. Um, that, that we still do that now, and many other th- animal welfare policies. The key thing was customer service and staff training and knowledge. So in the early days, I did that research myself, and then I trained staff. And now we have twenty odd trainers, um, you know, in, with academies around the, the country to train the staff. And that's very much what we built on. It was spending good time with customers about their pets finding the right food for the customer. Um, most pet food is bought from supermarkets, but supermarket pet food is very poor quality. 
and most customers don't realize that they think because it's on tv it's good and we sell specialist foods and you need to sort of explain to customers why the specialist food is better and how it can help their dog and there are different foods for different dogs and mm. different ages um, and by spending time with customers they you know they love it they tell their friends and family and that's how the business has grown when it was just you and you were the manager and you've got the store and you can see everything did you enjoy that in a way did you feel in control in a way that you just can't feel in control now I because you might I mean you strike me as someone who would like you you're a detail guy you go as you're I'm talking to you, you've gone straight back to that point in time you know the two or three things because they're fundamentals yes they are yeah and you kind of go if I get that right but to scale that up is a headache isn't it versus doing it yourself and saying no no no, no hold on read this yes there was a time when um, I was running the business you know at night and working the shop in the day and and as the stores as as we got bigger I'd be working less in the stores and obviously more as a managing director but I I used to love um working in the stores it was you know it was it was, a, it was almost relaxing it was a very natural thing for me to do it wasn't stressful and I, you know even driving the van I used to enjoy doing that but yeah getting people to to do the same thing is hard but you know we, we have people who are much better at it than I am mm. um and um, um, and that's really <laughs> that our skill is finding those good people and then training those people. And we spend a lot of money on on training um, our guys to to get that knowledge over. Stay with me for more from my business shaper Dean Richmond, founder and managing director of Pet Family, about how he has scaled this business up and then also got pretty ambitious at the same time with other related businesses. Latest travel in a couple of minutes, and before that, some words of wisdom from our program partners at Michigandere for your burgeoning business idea. Hello, uh, my name is Andre Yurki. I'm a partner in the competition group here at Michigandere. Uh, what I want to uh, talk to you about uh, today is an issue that very often small businesses forget about and they think because they are small then certain rules don't apply. Well there is a whole body of rules in the UK which have been in place for uh, the last 12 years or so uh, and they're called competition law and our friend the regulator, the Competition and Markets Authority, expects all businesses, large and small, to have a basic understanding of the rules. Now, there are some very, very helpful plain English guidelines on the Competition and Markets Authority website, and they tell you the basics of what you need to know. So simple things like, you shouldn't agree with one of your competitors what prices you're both going to charge for your product or you shouldn't carve up the market by saying I'm going to uh, service Fred, you've got to service Jack and I won't service Jack so long as you don't service Fred's requirements. Simple things like that. Uh, and one of the classic mistakes we come across time and time again is smaller businesses saying to us but we're only tiny, this can't be a problem. Unfortunately, that doesn't normally uh, hold water with the regulator. So you do need to be alive uh, to the rules and what they mean for you. The downside, if you get caught up in any of these investigations, is uh, you're going to spend your time, instead of running the business and trying to make a profit, uh, you'll be having to spend time talking to a regulator who'll be asking you uncomfortable questions. And if you've really got it wrong, then you might face a penalty of uh, several thousand pounds, which is the last thing you need when you're starting up your business. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. 
in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. This is Jazz Shapers. Every Saturday morning here on Jazz FM, I'm very lucky I get to meet someone who's shaping the world of business and someone who's ambitious and generally successful. That's a nice combination. My ambitious and generally successful person today is Dean Richmond, founder and managing director of Pet Family, uh, the people in front of and above and behind uh, the Pets Corner business, amongst others. Dean, we were talking earlier about those early days and their formative and that sense of when you get big, you have to find people to, to do the stuff that is in your head, that is a vision that you can't tell them to do because they're no longer in front of you. They're in a store hundreds of miles away. When did the business go from small to relatively big and then start to, you know, when did you start to get ambitious about the scale of it? I mean, at what point did you go, whoa, it's a bit like driving a car and I'm slightly out of control, but that's the only way to do it? I never, I've never... F- felt daunted by the business or out of you know the, the scale um i mean brighton was was a was a great store for us it performs it performed and does perform very well um but we only opened so brighton opened in i think 91 uh, i bought the business in 98 and by then we'd only had seven stores um so we didn't expand very quickly and then after I bought the business, um, because I had to borrow the money to buy it from my dad, I didn't, we didn't have much money to, to open stores. And the, the first store we did open uh, was a total and utter failure. It cost us about £200,000, um, which was pretty much all the money we had. Um, and we didn't open another store for three years, I think. Mm. I mean, the, that store nearly killed us. Luckily, the next store that opened did go better. And then... Um, we uh, we started rolling out um, stores in Country Gardens, which was a, a chain of garden centres. That did well. They then got bought by another company, and that company didn't want us to expand anymore, so that stopped us for a while. Then that company had a change of uh, management, and they did want us to expand, and that was in 2008, and that's when we sort of opened a lot. Mm. Um, so hold on, in, in 2008, how many stores were there? I think there were thirty. So, so thirty in two thousand eight is now in two thousand seventeen one hundred and fifty six. Yeah, well, that's that's fast growth. So, did you buy? Are there chains that you've bought and just basically moved on like that, or is it one by one by one? No, we, it was one by one by one. Uh, we bought a few existing businesses, just one, you know, one store, single yeah. stores. Uh, we bought a small chain of four. Um, the recession was really good for us because pets don't suffer in, in a recession um, and obviously properties became available. So it did enable us to expand uh, much quicker during the recession. And then last year we bought a chain of stores um, in the southwest called Pampered Pets who were a very good geograf- geographical fit mm. for us. And how do you keep, now that we've got this, you've got a pretty national spread or relatively regional spread at least, how do you ensure that you don't go mad and that those standards are being upheld every day every hour every minute when your stores are open it, it, it you know it's at times of rapid expansion so during the, the sort of, you know 2008 2009 when we were opening a lot and the acquisition of pampered pets where there was a big cultural difference and they had very little staff training we had to literally retrain um, 300 staff that was a challenge and 2016 for everyone in the business was a hard year but um, we're now seeing the, the dividends of that training and the, the pampered stores are over 10% up like for like. It's growing very well. And it is just, it's just training. It's, 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 it's putting in the infrastructure to make sure the staff get the training that they 
they need and proper training we, we classroom train all our staff we don't mm-hmm. just send them a manual they get proper tuition in small classrooms Stay with me for more from my business shaper. Um, that's Dean Richmond, founder and managing director of Pet Family. Time for some more music. This is Aretha Franklin and Think. That was Aretha Franklin with Think. I've been talking to Dean Richmond, and he is the man behind um, the pet business called Pet Family. And I say it's pet business. It's not just the Pets Corner business, which has grown exponentially since 2008, as you've been hearing. Um, these are the businesses that are in there. Um, we've got a grooming spa. I just want to be a dog for a while, if you know what I mean. It doesn't sound inappropriate. I want to be at Dogwood. Uh, so you've got Dogwood, the grooming spa. You've got Doodly Dogs, um, which I think is a dog creche. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you've got Great and Small the pet accessories brand green acres the pet food brand more um which is another uh, uh it's called here i think a class leading range of high meat content food pet yep. food and then you've got the pet practice which is a veterinary practice as well mm. all of these businesses are they relatively autonomously run yes great and small the product business we sell to some other people but it's effectively our buying team Dogwood, the grooming salon, is run by um, a lovely lady called Julie, who um, joined us um, a couple of years ago. She runs that in its its entity. Um, Pet Practice is um, run by an MD, Ben Johnson, who was the founder of the business, and we bought bought into it. Doodly Dogs, run by Jane and Amy Hatcher, who are behaviourists. They came up with the concept, and we bought into it and gentrified it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been we're about to open um, the second side. We've only got one site at the moment. But, but your role is an oversight role of all of these businesses. Yeah, we we um, and we're just interested in so there's a scale on the one side in one business, and then there's lots of other ventures. How do you ensure? I mean, are there very rigorous business planning? tools that you have in place are there is it, or is it just a conversation that you're having regularly are there board meetings all these people or do you handle it on a one you know, case-by-case basis uh, we have we have okay well we we should have probably more board meetings than we have but we have occasional meetings i go and see them yeah just go and see them and talk about the expectations but i but the reason i've invested into these businesses is because they're kind of you know they were getting it right anyway and they they've had similar principles to us uh, where we've helped them obviously is with funding um, and with presentation, marketing, but in terms of the co- the competence of them of them and their and their capability, they had that already, and that's mm. why I invested in them. It strikes me that if I threw fifteen more businesses at you, you wouldn't look any more stressed than you do today. I mean, it almost feels like you'd be bored if there weren't just lots of moving pieces. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, I mean, I have I have other businesses outside of pets as well of course you do yeah. of course there's loads um, of time dean i mean there's only yeah. a few hundred people over here and a few million quid to manage over there yeah my, my wife doesn't understand why i keep i can't i can't resist when I, mean, I had a meeting uh, early this week with a young lad called tilfy who um i met uh, I, I i give to peter jones foundation which is a charity which um uh, gives kids entrepreneurial training and uh he's got this idea for um selling secondhand bicycles great kid fantastic idea I, I've always wanted to help people who perhaps haven't had the you know, the opportunities that I've had and so as part of my work with Peter Jones I will give money to young youngsters 
to help them um, build their you know build their businesses in exchange for if one day that if they make a success of it they then give money back to someone else i've i've got another meeting next week with another young lad from the from the academy i got pulled over on the m25 last week this guy pulled up uh and he said what do you do for a living <laughs> and i was with my wife we were going on holiday and i said our oh, pet shops and um then he then he disappeared in the traffic and then reappeared on the other side. He said, "I need to I need to meet James Dyson. I love James Dyson. I've got a great idea. Can you help me?" I did. And I'm thinking this is a bit strange. And then my wife shouts, hey, "Dean loves James Dyson as well." <laughs> so anyway, so I said to this guy, "I said, email me." Uh, and anyway, um, he's uh, a young lad uh, from uh, a very bad part of London, and he basically said, "My circle of friends and my family." I can't, I can't get in contact with James Dyson, and I've got this idea. And he drove to J- Dyson's office and got turned away by security. And so he wants me to try and get this in front of James Dyson. So I'm meeting him. And I just, any opportunity like that, anywhere where someone wants to help themselves, mm. anyone who wants to try and better themselves, I just can't resist it. So I spend a lot of time doing things like that, which sometimes I think... I should spend more time on the businesses I've got, but it, when someone comes to me with an idea, yeah, you can't resist. Well, I can't resist it. Yeah, stay with me for my final chat from um, with my business shaper Dean Richard, the man that can't resist an idea. He's the founder of Pets Corner. Um, plus, we're playing a track from Louis Armstrong. That's off the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. Named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017. Dig, man, there goes Mac the Knife. Louis Armstrong with Mac the Knife there. Dean Richmond is my business shaper just for a few more minutes. He's the man behind the Pet Family organisation, which owns Pets Corner and many other businesses as well. We haven't talked about money. We've talked about ideas and we've talked about growth and we've talked about a kind of a, your almost insatiable appetite to just keep doing what I would call the right thing. You see it, you go, I can do it like that, and you, you get on and do it. How important is the money to you, Dean? Is it nice to be able to do what you want to do? And have you got ambitions to make more money, or is it is it not really about that anymore? No, it's I I don't aspire to have a twenty five meter yacht or buy properties. Um, I have I'm, you know I have my house which I love. Um, I, I have a nice car which I love. Um, Rumour tells me that you've got a McLaren. I have yes. I love just, wonderful car. Tell me that if if one of my sons was 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 here, he'd be, he'd be grilling you now about the kind of McLaren you've got. I just know it's a very a very beautiful looking car. Is it a beautiful looking car? Is it one of those? It's a 650s Spider, and yes, it's just the most wonderful thing I've ever driven. I'm going Fantastic. to Google Google it later. Um, so you like your car, you like your house, but it's not about accumulating much. No, more. it's not. I mean, I I you know, I don't I don't have any interest in running a business that doesn't make money because. Yeah that's the measure of whether you're getting it right your customers reward you by giving you money um and that's the measure so yes the business needs to function but i but i 
you know, I wouldn't want a business. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't invest in something that I felt was immoral or didn't contribute to society in some way. Um, and um, I very much enjoy the positive things that businesses can bring, mm-hmm. whether that's improving people's lives, the mm-hmm. people that work for you, improving the environment that your business trades in. So we take a lot of pride in in the presentation of all our businesses, and you know, when we fit out the stores, we 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 spend money on making the local area nicer and i think that's that's important for me but i am assuming if someone came in swooped in and said here's a check for x for the business and it was the right amount you would sell it um yes i mean there is obviously a a price i'd be very difficult and it's not you know it isn't on the market and we're not looking to sell it Mm. um because you love it, by the sounds of yeah. it, isn't just. Yes. But of course, everyone has everything has a price. As, yes, I suppose. it does. Yes, but it's um, not. Yeah, it's not on the horizon for now. The yeah. ambition is not to realise its value in some form. No, no I get a, I get a lovely income. Um, I mean, the only thing I would like to have is more time. Mm. But then I just I've got some suggestions. You've got to stop listening to all these people that ask you help. <laughs> yes. I mean, no, don't do Keep that. Keep the window closed. Keep on the, the M25. window closed. Listen to your wife, um, Dean. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Um, thank you for your time. And just before I let you go, though, I have to ask you one more question, which is, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Um, some of your listeners will probably groan. You have to understand, I was brought up in a house of jazz, and the last thing I wanted to do was really listen to jazz. I loved electronic music. But um, Nina Simone, my baby just cares for me, came into the charts in I think it was the late eighties, and uh, I did I did enjoy that. So that's my choice. Here it is, just for you. Thanks again. was My Baby Just Cares For Me from Nina Simone, the song choice of my business shaper today, Dean Richmond. Someone who believed in standards, the simple things around customer service and putting them first. Someone who understood that to scale, you're going to need to really make sure that your staff are super well trained and they spend a lot of money on training. And someone who loves ideas, he just can't resist, as he said, a good idea. And it's really the secret of his success and why he enjoys running so many different elements of the business. All really, really good stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday, 9am sharp here on Jazz FM. Meantime, though, coming up next, it's Mr Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Kondorea. It's business, but it's personal. <laughs>